The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Two to five inches of rain, five inches of rain falling in parts of central Texas yesterday and the wet weather isn't over. This is a live look right now as we head out on the road to kick off your Friday. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. And I'm Jayla Washington and for Sally Hernandez, meteorologist Kristen Curry joining mm-hmm. us. Kristen, it is wet and cold out there this morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a shock to the system considering where we've been yesterday. We've started this wet weather pattern today. We'll finish it. So. Let's go ahead and start with what's happening on radar now, because as you can see, we've got another batch of showers and storms developing out over the I-35 corridor here. Zooming this down, we've got Williamson County with some spot storms, some showers out towards Bee Cave, out towards Dripping Springs in the northwest corner of Hayes County, and even here in Austin, some light rain falling at the moment, and there's likely to be much more to come as we get into the later part of the morning and afternoon. Live look outside our Indeed domain camera showing the reflections off the wet roads in North Austin. So today's going to be a day where we need to be very mindful of our speeds out there on the highways. I think because a lot, if not most of our kids are out of school today for Good Friday, that's going to help kind of ease up some of the traffic concerns. But if you are going to be heading out this morning, extra time needed for your drive. Temperatures also a talker. It's chilly out there, 40s and 50s, and we don't really look to see any major warm up today with a forecast high of 55 and that 90% chance of rain continues. Now, rain chances will come down in a pretty big way as we get into the weekend, but not a bad thing considering we do have the Easter holiday on the back end, which we'll talk more about what to expect for your Easter egg hunts and the family brunches, everything coming up in your first morning forecast. Sounds good. Thank you, Kristen. This morning, we could get a verdict in the Daniel Perry murder trial. Yeah, an Austin jury is deciding the fate of the Army sergeant who shot and killed Black Lives Matter protester Garrett Foster while driving downtown during a 2020 protest. Foster was armed while at this protest. Jayla, we've been watching you all week. You've been covering this trial, and now it's in the hands of the jury. Yeah, it is. It's been a long two weeks. Certainly lots of back and forth from the defense's side as well as the state. Um, So I think that it's going to be difficult for the jury to kind of decide whether he is guilty or not. I know last night they were deliberating until about 9 p.m. They're going to start again this morning at 9. Uh, So, yeah, we will definitely be standing by waiting for that verdict to come in. Yeah, we'll see. All right, thank you, Jayla, on that. New this morning, the Department of Public Safety releasing body camera video showing an altercation between a trooper and a parent at an elementary school in Uvalde earlier this week. That woman's daughter died in the Robb Elementary School shooting last year. Ma'am, I've already told you, you need to leave. You called me this So DPS says it's investigating this. A witness also shooting video at the time, this is that, shows the mom being escorted out of the building, an officer first asking her to leave. She refused, then the officer forcing her to leave. The mother says she wanted to check her son out of school for a gun violence walkout. After the incident, the Uvalde CISD interim superintendent sent a letter out to parents. He says nearly 200 high schools and middle schools uh, students took part in this walkout, but he saw some things he didn't like. He says he saw students and parents not following proper checkout protocols and students speeding off in cars. Gary Patterson also going on to say he would rather focus on working with students to find better ways to get their voices heard. 
He says students that participated in yesterday's walkout will not face consequences, but going forward, students will be held accountable for their choices. All right, Tom, a big story we've been following. Austin ISD has not decided yet how it will address the Texas Education Agency's plan to put a conservator over AISD's special education department. You'll remember the TEA says it needed to do this because the district has repeatedly missed deadlines to evaluate children who may need those services. And the district says that it has until April 17th now to appeal the TEA's decision. Interim Superintendent Matias Segura and trustees talked about the TEA's announcement at a board meeting yesterday. Segura also talking about Mendez Middle School. He says since 2014, that school has not met standards in its test scores and other state ratings. Last year, the district approved a partnership and performance agreement with Third Future School. This organization is hired to help improve schools and the grades. Uh, they shared with us how their students are currently progressing, and we certainly appreciate uh, the dedication and hard work in supporting our students. We are continuing to collaborate with Third Future uh, and, and committing to monthly meetings and, and just really trying to identify opportunities where AISD can collaborate to support our students. The district is hoping to move the school from a D rating to a C rating next school year. Here's some perspective on what a conservatorship will actually look like over AISD special education department. If they are assigned, the state would send two to three people to the district that have special education services experience. They would work with current staff and evaluate their work, then make recommendations. The school board would then implement any changes. It approves. The Texas House approved House Bill 1, which is the state budget. This happened late last night. Speaker Dave Phelan says it'll dedicate $60 billion to fully fund school districts and charter schools. He also says the chamber looks forward to working with the Texas Senate to get the budget to the governor's desk. Hey, the ninth annual Balloons Over Horseshoe Bay Resort Festival is here for Easter weekend, Tom. Yeah, and starting today until Sunday, there's going to be all kinds of hot air balloons like these. And you can take your family out there, a lot of family fun. They're going to have an Easter egg, not a hunt, but a drop. Skydiving exhibits, helicopters, amazing food. It starts at 6 tonight for VIP guests. And tomorrow there are events starting at 6.30 in the morning. It costs about 30 bucks for adults to get in. Looks like so much fun. All right, coming up, more Austin first responders negotiating their contracts. And some firefighters are frustrated by the future of their pay is uncertain. And Austin police asking for your help finding some suspects here. We're going to show you this shooting that came way too close to some kids. Austin police are looking for a group of people who fired shots at a North Austin apartment complex. Bullets coming way too close to children nearby. Wow, well this happened last Friday. A lot of people were calling 911 to report the shooting at a complex on Martin Court near Lamar and 183. When officers got out there, they noticed one apartment with several bullet holes, a family inside with multiple children. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but Austin Crime Stoppers is offering a reward of up to $1,000 for any information that leads them to an arrest. We now know how rapper Coolio died. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office says he died from fentanyl, heroin, and methamphetamine as an overdose. His death being ruled an accident. Documents also say he suffered from cardiomyopathy. It's a disease that makes it harder for the heart muscles to pump blood to the rest of the body. 
Julio was a Grammy award-winning artist known best for his song, Gangster's Paradise. Man accused of burning down in Austin Temple in court. His plea and what the congregation is now doing to move forward. And a new medicine here in Central Texas to keep patients out of the emergency room. How it's impacting people who need mental health help. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to KXAN News Today. We are taking a live look out at Q2 Stadium really cold and rainy out there. I'm only up this early because I love you, Tom. I love all of you guys here in the studio. This rain is horrible. I hate it. I know we need it, but I hate it. Well, more Austin first responders are waiting to see what will happen with their contracts. The Austin Fire Association will meet with the city again this morning to continue negotiations. Yeah, first we saw this with the Austin Police Department. They had those conversations with city council. Now it's the Austin Firefighters Association at the bargaining table. At this point, how much firefighters will be paid in the future? That's uncertain. Yeah, this all comes as a Supreme Court ruling tied to Houston's Fires Association could actually disrupt the process. I spoke to several firefighters yesterday on the phone who called my office and a lot of them expressed that they want the city and the firefighter association to reach a fair agreement and I believe that we can get there. It may just take some time and require a little bit of patience. The president of the fire association tells us he feels the city misinterpreted that Supreme Court ruling. He says firefighters are frustrated with how this process is going. Hey, well, it's Easter weekend we're approaching, and the Easter Bunny is making an early visit to Austin this year. He's helping families start traditions. The bunny hopped over to St. David's to meet the babies in the NICU. Okay, how cute is this? The babies and their families were actually able to take their first pictures with the Easter Bunny and get some Easter egg hunting on at St. David's <laughs> Women's Center of Texas. The center just expanded its neonatal intensive care unit from 67 beds to 97 beds. A special so visit. I don't know if you saw the Easter Bunny there held up three <laughs> because mom had a had two babies and dad had a baby. Oh, in his arms. So that was triplets that's a there. busy mama. Yeah, that's exactly. a lot of Easter eggs. That is a lot of, of Easter eggs. All right. Speaking of which, I've got your Easter forecast here in a couple of minutes, but let's talk about what's happening with your rain. We've got an additional round of showers and storms. Storms are expected through the day today. Already seeing a batch of that develop now back towards Gillespie County through Blanco and into the Austin Metro here. Most of this is fairly light. We do not have anything in the way of a severe thunderstorm warning. No watches up. There is one flood warning for a creek in Lee County, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. But uh, for the most part, we kind of went out yesterday with just a few flood advisories and some beneficial soaking rainfall. We'll see how much additional rain we can get today. 50 degrees, though, this morning. It is chilly out there, and we're going to stay chilly through the entire day. Not expected to leave the 50s. 
You see that good rain chance up to about 90% this morning and then slowly fading heading into the back half of the day. So letting this run, you can see it's the scattered to widespread rain and thunderstorm activity we expect from start to finish. More showers than storms. This is lunchtime. You'll still notice some pockets of rain developing for the later part of this evening. Not quite as much as far as coverage goes. And we're going to continue to see that decrease as we get into tonight and tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, just a few spotty showers, and then we wrap things up for a drier weekend ahead. So how much rain? Well, this high resolution model is showing an additional quarter of an inch to pockets of one inch. So if we can kind of get this to fall west of I-35, I think we'll be in good shape. It's the areas out east that saw three, four, five inches Schulenburg. Those are the areas we'll have to watch it very closely for some additional minor flooding concerns with about a half an inch to an inch. It won't take much now that we saw so much rain yesterday, but a lot of us, I think, are just going to be looking at another round of heavy to moderate rain today and then tomorrow and Sunday. You can put the rain gear away. That spot rain chance will clear by around 10 a.m. tomorrow, 60s in the afternoon. 70s for your Easter Sunday under a mix of sun and clouds and eventually we start to talk rain again Monday and then again on Tuesday, but I'm not super convinced it's going to be as widespread. So my rain chance is only 20% early next week, but again, just make sure that you're checking back in with us over the weekend for details there. 50s today, 60s tomorrow, 70s on Sunday. Your overnight lows are going to run a little chilly too in the 40s and 50s, but milder temperatures will come early next week. We see those highs return to the mid 70s, then 80s towards Thursday. And as far as the uh, rain chances go, again, Monday, Tuesday, not everybody's going to get wet, but of course, we'll keep an eye on it for you. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. First ever NBA regular season game in Austin, and it was a great one between two not-so-great teams here as the Spurs playing the first of two at Moody Center, and well, the fans showed up to the tune of a new Moody Center record 16,023 on hand to watch the Spurs looking for their 21st win of the season. That would guarantee them of not having their worst season in franchise history. They've been ravaged by injuries, and Pop knew this team was going to struggle anyway with all the young players. Julian Champagne with the three right there. He had 19 Spurs up on the Blazers. By eight. Blazers didn't have Damian Lillard, third leading scorer in the NBA, but Jonathan Williams gives them a lead. And then here comes Kata Bates Diop. He not only hits one, but two threes. They were down by two and quickly up by five. He had 25. That's a season high. And then Keldon Johnson, their leading scorer, who didn't go to shoot around in the morning because he had food poisoning overnight, but hits a big bucket right there. Started his pro career up the road in Cedar Park with the Austin Spurs and he put the final dagger in the Spurs win last night. It was almost like a flashback for me. I'm glad to, you know, be able to come and play in front of the fans in Austin. It was a great atmosphere. It was loud. It was great energy. And, um, you know, it, it's something that, uh, you know, we look forward to as a team. Uh, we knew this was on the schedule late in the season. And, um, you know, um, I feel like the Spurs, the Spurs family shows up wherever we at. So, you know, we went out there and put on the show. I mean, you kind of feel the crowd kind of get more and more into it after Trey has a three. Then I had mine. You kind of feel that moment coming. Uh, so I just want to knock it down just for the energy in the arena. And we, we need it as a team as well. So tomorrow they'll take on Minnesota. That's a 3 o'clock start. And then their season ends 
on Sunday in Dallas. No baseball last night. UT and K-State will start their series this evening at 6.30. And then tomorrow's game scheduled now for 2.30. And they'll play on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Back to you. All right, thank you, Roger. San Marcos police, uh, San Marcos man, I should say, pleading guilty to a hate crime here in Austin. Frank Franklin Seacrest is accused of setting fire to an Austin Jewish temple. All right, we're showing you a picture of him there on your screen. He's accused of intentionally starting the fire at the congregation Beth Israel Synagogue. The president of the temple's board has gotten mixed emotions about it all, really just waiting to see how everything is going to play out in court. And I think what's important for our congregation is that the defendant really owns up to the hate crime that he committed and understands what he did to us, not just by burning, trying to burn down the synagogue, but really taking our home. <clears throat> Seacrest's plea agreement states he may be sentenced to up to no more than 20 years in prison. The next court date is not set yet. As for the congregation, it'll be worshiping with St. Matthew's Episcopal Church for this Sunday for Easter and Passover weekend. Going in depth, the most recent stats from the FBI showed more than 7,000 hate crimes in 2021. Racial or ethnic bias motivated about 65% of them, about 15% over sexual orientation, 13% motivated by religious bias, and nearly 4% were tied to gender identity. Going deeper, an Anti-Defamation League audit found that anti-Semitic incidents reached an all-time high in 2021. Incidents were reported in all 50 states and attacks against synagogues increased more than 60%. The U.S. had nearly 3,000 incidents of assault, harassment, and vandalism that year. That's the highest number on record since the late 1970s. And it makes for an average of more than seven incidents every single day and a 34% increase year over year. Lots of nurses say they are unhappy with how they're being treated. Dozens with the National Nurses United gathered outside of Seton Medical Center yesterday, waving signs and chanting. They say they are frustrated with how the hospital is addressing some of their biggest concerns. Nurses claim there are chronic staffing shortages, which ultimately impact patient care. They're also disappointed with how the contract negotiations are currently going with the hospital. Is what's lacking. We're having issues with retaining the nurses that we have and recruiting new nurses. They're not putting the investments that they have into us who have been here for a while and they're not. They're firing our educators, firing ancillary staff. The main issue is making sure that we are able to care for our patients adequately. Nurses with Seat Medical Center voted to join the largest nurses union in the country last September. Ascension Seaton leaders say they do respect the right of unions to hold an informational assembly outside of the facility. They went on to say an initial collective bargaining agreement can take up to a year to finalize, and they say they do continue to bargain in good faith. Also this morning, new medicine is keeping local patients out of the emergency room. KXAN's Brianna Hollis shows us a new tool Austin Travis County EMS can use on mental health calls. 
Captain Kim Griffith is the mental health crisis medic behind bringing olanzapine to the department. It's an antipsychotic medication that can help with low-level symptoms of things like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And it came from when I ran a call where I really could have used it, and instead the patient had to go to an ER and was unhappy with that option. So I went back to station and Anger wrote a proposal for about two hours in between calls. In November, ATC EMS got the drug. It is a low-dose, low-acuity medication with fairly few side effects. So for patients with low-acuity psychosis, where they're hearing voices or seeing things, they understand that those things are not real, but they need help in order to just make it through the evening. Since November, 75% of patients who have used it didn't end up having to go to the ER, Griffin says. What happens when you have somebody that's hearing voices or seeing things and you take them to a very loud, bright, strange place where they're going to be touched a lot for vitals, it can be very traumatic. Medics administer the drug on a conditional basis. The patient has to agree to connect with one of the agency's mental health partners within 24 hours. EMS helps set up the appointment. We do have multiple inpatient facilities for mental health care in Travis County. We also have respite facilities that are for lower acuity mental health needs in Travis County. However, as I said, beds can be limited. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Well, once EMS administers the medicine, medics continue to monitor patients, and if any additional, additional medical issues arise, they will take patients to the ER. Meantime, Austin Public Health is reminding the community it is offering testing and treatments for sexually transmitted infections. The message comes as it says more people are being screened for STIs. APH says in 2022, more than 9,000 patients visited the sexual health clinic and 7,000 were screened for HIV and syphilis. Overall, the clinic saw a 38% increase in patients from 2021. The first week of April, also National Public Health Week. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.